Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Wednesday morning. Hoping all is well with you out there as always. I'm doing very well myself. So today... I wanted to talk about this idea of whose role is it to regulate or ban or leave alone Kratom in each state of the U.S. And I'm bringing this up because I just read an article that came out yesterday. It was in the Owensboro Times in Kentucky. And the title of this article is Kentucky Lawmakers Hear Testimony from Advocates, Critics of Kratom, Plant Now Legal and obtainable. Now, I'm going to go through this article because I think there are a number of things that are fascinating about it. And then at the end, I'm going to kind of pull things together from, you know, my takeaways from different parts of the article and sum up what I gather from this as being a debate over whose role is it to make decisions over how we deal with Kratom and specifically in each state and also just how elected officials view that role or their role in this debate. So that's the plan for today. And looking at this article, what I thought was just going to be another article going through the motions that all these articles go through when Kratom is discussed in the legislatures. Oh, Kratom is this plan. Someone says that it's fine. Someone else says it's not. More research is needed. The end, right? Well, I was actually pleasantly surprised because they actually touched on an interesting back and forth between congressmen. And specifically, the ideas that came out of some of the proponents versus some of the opponents of Kratom being accessible in Kentucky and their reasoning for why they thought the way they did. It kind of all relates to government overreach or underreach or maybe even getting past that, is this something that should just be left up to federal agencies like the FDA? And I really enjoyed this article and what the different members of Congress in Kentucky said about Kratom and their concerns uh, over certain bills that had been proposed because it really does cut past all the party line politics that I think most people in this country are used to hearing in the media every day. And I've always made a concerted effort and have voiced this many times that, you know, to to keep politics out of this show. I don't think it belongs here. And, uh, you know, this is just all about Kratom. No one needs to know my political affiliation. I don't need to know yours. Um, I'm literally here to figure out what Kratom is and if it's safe and learn all about it. That's pretty much the short of it. So to be able to read an article where... You have some Republicans, you have some Democrats, 
and you can't predict what any of them are going to say, is just so refreshing. So refreshing. It's so refreshing to have uh, viewpoints being expressed, because in my opinion, almost everything I hear in the news every day is not really an actual viewpoint. I think that if I got to sit down and talk with someone on an individual level, I don't think a party line from uh, either of the two main political parties in this country would be sufficient enough to explain someone's view, someone's real, true, personal viewpoint on an issue. So it's just neat to be able to see some actual policy debate, I guess is what I'm saying. So with all that in mind, I'm going to get into it here and tell you specifically what sticks out. So it starts off with the typical statement of like, a plant known as kratom leads to stimulant or sedative effects, yada, yada, yada. Spurred discussion among legislators last week during a meeting of the Interim Joint Committee on Health, Welfare, and Family Services. It goes on to say that during the 2022 legislative session, Republican Congressman Josh Calloway of Irvington sponsored House Bill 569, which would have prohibited a kratom processor or kratom retailer from dispensing, selling, or distributing any kratom extract or kratom product to anyone under 21 years of age. Already, you guys, I'm interested. Like that bill, how do I explain this to you? It's like, I'm thinking of many different things right now, but I guess to narrow it down to two things. Number one, that's an interesting proposal, right? Making it so that no one can sell or dispense Kratom extract to anyone under 21. That's a very specific stipulation. And I don't know, I find it interesting and and it's making me think. I'm like, what do I think about that? I've recently been fairly skeptical of Kratom extracts. I don't really like the idea of Kratom extracts. It seems to me that any of the stories online that hold any real merit around Kratom being the cause of death for someone, or at least being a contributing factor significantly, it seems to me that in each one of those cases, of which so far I've found there are very few, but I have found a few that I've been wondering about, there's kratom extract involved. The amount that these people have in their system is absurd, and I don't really think it'd be possible to get that much in your system unless you had a nice, you know, easy way of taking it, like an extract, and take like seven shots of kratom. So, you know, I don't really like the idea of kratom extracts but you know that's a whole nother argument for another time and i don't really know how i feel about it when it comes to laws and regulation but that's kind of besides the point just to the just to the original idea that i think it's interesting to think about more specific potential regulation and that that's where i think conversations should should be happening number two the second thing that sticks out to me about this i find it interesting that Someone who is from the Republican Party, which is more or less generally a party of, you know, a more hands-off government than the Democrat Party, is in favor of and pushing a bill that regulates private enterprise, right? This is a very specific stipulation that would take away sales from businesses, And it's because, you know, pure and simple, the government would be preventing them from selling a product. So just those two things kind of like got me interested in the article right away. 
Then it says that that bill, which had that stipulation in it, did not pass this year. But Callaway told committee members that Kratom use in Kentucky needs to be addressed due to safety concerns. So that makes sense and seems like a reasonable reason for wanting to regulate something. And, uh, you know, of course, taking all context out of anything, if you want people to be safe and you're worried about something, uh, you know, good intention. But then it gets even more interesting because then the same congressman, Callaway, says, I'm not saying it doesn't have good uses for lots of things. I've had thousands of people that have literally reached out to me over this particular issue when I filed the ban. But the fact is, right now, we can't ban it because we don't have the support to do so. And we cannot sit here and do nothing because it is so readily available and unregulated. Kids can literally go buy this in gas stations. That really gives me a better insight into what this person is thinking. This congressman is not necessarily hell-bent on banning Kratom, uh, even though that was you know, maybe their intention to begin with. He is saying, we don't have the votes to ban it, right? We don't have the support to actually ban this thing in Kentucky. And I accept that for now, but we also can't do nothing because kids could go buy Kratom extract at a gas station right now. And I'm not okay with that either. So I don't know. Gives me a good view view into this person's mindset. Uh, Don't want to just sit on your hands and do nothing, right? Okay, then it says... Calloway said the U.S. Food and Drug Administration needs to make important decisions regarding Kratom, but he wants the state to take action as well. (laughs) Now that, I think, is just a stupid thing to say. Um, If he had done any research, he would know the FDA has tried to take action already, and they've tried a couple times, and they've already made up their mind of how they view Kratom. I mean, like, what are you talking about? Like, they already know how they view this. They don't want it to be legal. They've said this. Like, there's no mystery here. So now I just think he didn't read, you know, the whole briefing on Kratom before he went out there and wrote the bill. But, um, you know, let's try and keep personal insults aside. So then, moving on, it says Senator Karen Berg, Democrat of Louisville, asked about the purity of Kratom. How do we know that we're getting a product that is free of contaminations and not simply be relatively certain of that? Well, for starters, I just want to say, believe it or not, and I know this because my wife and I just had our baby this past year, right now, one cannot know for certain if the prenatal supplements they're taking have harmful heavy metals in them. I mean, really. It's amazing to me that we expect women to take prenatal supplements every day while they're pregnant, and we can't guarantee that there aren't any heavy metals in those supplements. And a lot of the time, it's very low levels of these metals. How is that acceptable? Anyway, I could go off on a tangent about that because it's when we found that out, uh, right after we found out that my wife was pregnant, it was just like, oh my God, this is so scary. <laughs> first-time parents, and now we're like, am I taking lead every morning? <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, not to get too caught off track, but the, the reason why I brought that up is because the Democratic Senator Karen Berg of Louisville is asking, you know, why? how is it, like, we, we need to make sure that, it's not just that we're relatively certain that there aren't contaminations in the Kratom products, but that we, we need, how can we know that there aren't? 
It's like, we, we can't even know that about prenatal supplements. There's no way we're ever going to like completely know there are no metals in Kratom unless we come up with a really, really good process, which we aren't even using on prenatal supplements. Anyway, so there's my little tangent for you all. Um, hopefully it was warranted. So uh, back to the matter at hand, it's, of course, a good point, <laughs> I guess, that you don't want metals contaminating Kratom. And I would think that the best way to go about making it so that you know as much as possible that there aren't metals in the Kratom that is being sold is having some sort of oversight and uh, procedure to ensure that the products are being produced safely. It then naturally goes into how Matt Caddow and the American Kratom Association are pushing for Kratom Consumer Protection Acts around the country and in this state as well. I am very happy that he actually did mention, though, that the purity level couldn't be eliminated to a zero risk, but it would be a lot safer with the Consumer Protection Act, just because I'm all about transparency. And if he had mentioned, oh, we can make sure that Kratom doesn't have any metal in it if we have these KCPAs in place, I mean, that would really make me lose a lot of respect for uh, the whole process of a KCPA, because they're not perfect and it's important people know that so this is especially important that people know you can never be sure right can never be sure so then we have a doctor dr alan schultz and dr schultz is uh the ceo and owner of a recovery center in lexington kentucky and he opposes the use of kratom he says that it's addictive and it can serve as a gateway drug The quote from him that they have in here is, what I want to be crystal clear about is we're talking about an addictive drug, period, end of sentence, he said. Now we can call it a natural substance. We can say that indigenous people use it. True for cocaine as well. Tobacco, opium. Um, okay. (laughs) Uh, nice. Good job. Um, all I can think about right now is just this idea, I brought it up before, this came from emails from other people, this idea that a pill that has been, you know, produced in a lab by a person who's using a bunch of different chemicals that are super, super concentrates of essentially plants, this idea that that pill is automatically going to be considered safe and it's good and we don't need to really worry about it because a panel of people working for the FDA get together and say it's fine does not mean that we shouldn't continue to see it for what it is, which is just like a huge chemical lab experiment of very concentrated, strong drugs brought together into a pill so that you can swallow it and get it all at once. And that's really, really sketchy to me. I understand there are these procedures in place for the FDA to approve something and approve a drug, it doesn't mean that there shouldn't still be some skepticism around that. And so the mirror image of of what I just said would be what this person said. He's saying, just because it's a natural substance and quote unquote, we can say that indigenous people use it. True for cocaine as well, tobacco, opium. Just because indigenous people use it and it's a natural plant doesn't mean that it can't be dangerous and that uh, we, we should view it any differently other than the dangerous plant that it is so it's like the mirror argument and 
I also think there are plenty of holes in that one. Like, nobody was, like, extracting cocaine from from the cocoa leaves using chemicals and then snorting it up their nose until some other people got here. And that's when you started seeing issues with cocaine. So let's remember that one. Um, I think when they were chewing the leaves, I I don't see any historical accounts of coca leaf overdoses in Peru, but, you know, prove me wrong, please. But I feel like actually, you know, let's just get aside the fact that the way that they're putting that's ridiculous. I feel like actually if you have a, a history and a culture of some sort of indigenous group of people in a certain part of the world using a plant for thousands of years, that's actually something that is worthwhile taking into account when you're talking about the plant and its safety. Like, if you have a culture for thousands of years using something and you listen to their oral history and if they have, you know, language, if you look at their written language and stories and history and you don't find any evidence of, like, widespread addiction to this plant that they've been using for 2,000 years or whatever, that's probably a good sign that that the plant itself is all right and it's more of just what you do with it. And that kind of leads to the extract aspect of this all and why I'm skeptical of extracts because it's like taking this thing that seemingly for thousands of years has been safe and now we're doing things to it. So I think that's why that bothers me. Um, It's not that I don't want to know how safe something is. It's that this thing's been used for thousands of years, but you know, people haven't been for 2000 years, you know, taking Adderall (laughs) like before they go out to work. They, they, but but like for 2,000 years, people have been going out to work while they're chewing on, insert leaf here, kratom, cannabis, coca, you know, it, it's, you see it all over the place and, and what the heck, you know? So I think that that kind of sums up my thoughts when it comes to that doctor's comment and I'll leave it there, though I could say more. The last thing in this article Representative Kimberly Poor Moser, Republican Taylor Mill, said she would prefer for government agencies to take the lead concerning the regulation of Kratom. She says, I would like to add that science is critically important for the researchers and for the FDA and for NIDA to determine how to handle this, not legislators. I think our job is to protect consumers, she said. She went on to say, I don't like legislators being put in the position of determining whether or not something is a medication or whether or not something should be completely banned. I think that it is an important issue, as are other drugs that have come before our committee and our legislature, and I think that the FDA and NIDA need to take a stand on this. Again, what is it with people not reading a briefing or a report before going to the frickin' legislature to vote? (laughs) I mean, seriously. First you have the Democrat from Louisville, Uh, Karen Berg, saying, like, how can we know that there's no metals in Kratom? How can we go about this so that we know? It's like, um, you can't, because we can't do that with any of the normal products that are approved by the FDA for the most part. Then, uh, you also had, even before that, Representative Josh Calloway, Republican of Irvington, saying that the Food and Drug Administration needs to make important decisions regarding Kratom. (laughs) And now you have at the end Representative Kimberly Poor Moser, Republican Taylor Mill, saying that the FDA and NIDA need to determine how to handle this. Uh, they think that the FDA and NIDA need to take a stand on this. 
Did none of these people do their research? If anybody did a five minute Google search and looked beyond the first, no, you don't have to look beyond the first sources because the first three sources are the Mayo Clinic, NIDA, and like the FDA pretty much every time. So I was going to say, you could just Google around for five minutes. No, no, no. You can do a Google search and click the first, second, or third link, and you would understand that the FDA and NIDA have already taken a stand on this. They don't want it. They don't want Kratom to be around. And research is needed. You see that everywhere. More research is needed. And in the meantime, let's get rid of it. Ay, ay, ay. So to come back full circle and finish off this episode, what is the role of elected officials in Kratom regulation? Well, this I thought was an interesting example where you have people, both sides of the political spectrum, having some different viewpoints in some ways and then some similar ones in others. But really, I mean, this this could have been a disagreement or a debate between anybody from any party. It doesn't matter, which is kind of the thing I, I really like about it. You have people saying, who are in these elected roles, I think that we should regulate at least part of it, if not ban it, but we don't have the support to ban it. We have people saying, well, I want to make sure that it's safe for consumers by making sure we can get all of the metals out and make sure we know there are no metals in it. And we have uh, elected officials who are saying that really we need to follow the guidance of the FDA and NIDA. And I think what all these people have in common is that none of them did any freaking research on Kratom. And the big issue is that the FDA and NIDA, who these people are mentioning at multiple, multiple stages of their debate, NIDA and the FDA already made up their minds before they did their research. So what is the role of elected officials in Kratom regulation? I think their role is both at the federal level and state level, so it's a big claim, is to do independent research when a topic comes up for discussion and potential regulation comes up for any substance that's new to them, and that they need to look at both the the, the data that's coming out of their own states and then also look at the due diligence and research that the FDA has already conducted, the opinions that the FDA has come to after doing their own research. And I think it's the role of the elected officials to take those two elements into consideration of whether they think it is in their best interest and in the best interest of the public to step in and offer any sort of regulation or help. And that's a pretty general way of, of going into something that would be very specific in a lot of ways. But But essentially, what I'm saying is, if there's a new substance that's up for debate, you should both look at how it's been affecting people in your state, and you should also be looking at what has the federal body of the FDA come to a conclusion about this substance, and does it make sense that they would come to that conclusion based on the evidence we're seeing. If you don't see any problems in your state with it, not substantial enough to really matter, and you, I mean, like literally like you can count on one hand how many instances you can find where the substance is negatively doing something to someone. And then you have a federal body, the FDA, who's come up to the conclusion that it's killing people left and right and is like nearly as bad as fentanyl. 
um, I think it is your duty, your role as an elected official to point out that discrepancy and say, nope, there's something that's not quite aligning here and uh, I'm going to make sure that I'm representing my state's best interest. And right now the best interest of my state is not to blindly ban something and uh, not pay attention to any information about it. That's the role of an elected official, as it is with most things. But in terms of Kratom, I think it's a specific issue because Kratom is this gray, uh, you know, almost like in this postmodernist ethereal setting right now where no one really knows where it's headed. So that's my take. Elected officials need to be smart. The end. (laughs) That could have been the episode, I guess. Oh boy. All right. Well, let's finish this thing up. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Let me know your thoughts on this. Would love to hear from you. And we will be back tomorrow. Take it easy, everybody. Bye-bye.